This is SGO On The Go, where we discuss advances in gynecologic oncology research, clinical practice, and other hot topics in our subspecialty. I'm Maddie Facemeyer, and this episode begins our series called Turnover Talks, designed to be a brief summary of an SGO webinar, short enough to give it a listen during your OR turnover. Today, we welcome Dr. Kara Long-Roche and Dr. Jamie Bacham-Gomez with their discussion of surgical innovations in gynecologic cancers, originally presented at the SGO 2020 annual meeting. Hi, Kara. How are you? Good. How are you, Jamie? Excellent. Well, let's start off by by discussing the first two abstracts that were presented. Um, These were both from the Groins V2 or GOG270 trial, which was a prospective observational trial of inguinal sentinel lymph node biopsy in vulvar squamous cell carcinomas that were small, which was defined as less than four centimeters in size. These abstracts were presented by Drs. Van der Zee and Ankh and Dr. Brian Slomovitz in two abstracts. The completion of this study represents a global collaboration that is shaping the standard of care in vulvar cancer. Reported in the first abstract, those with negative sentinel lymph nodes, which included 1,222 patients, or 78.7% of the study cohort, were observed, and the two-year isolated inguinal recurrence rate was only 2.2%. This validated the results of Groin's V, in which the five-year isolated inguinal recurrence rate was 2.5%. This finding supports the safety of omitting full inguinal lymphadenectomy in small unifocal squamous cell carcinoma of the vulva. Reported in the second abstract, there was an overall 324 patients or 21% of the study cohort that had a positive sentinel lymph node. And among the 129 patients with a micrometastasis, which was defined as less than or equal to two millimeters in size within the lymph node um, that received adjuvant radiation therapy defined as 50 gray, there were only two or 1.6% of those patients that had isolated inguinal recurrences with rare grade three toxicity. As such, adjuvant radiotherapy for inguinal micrometastases following sentinel lymph node biopsy appears to be safe. However, the authors reminded us that Groin's V2 or GOG270 was amended after an interim analysis revealed that nodal metastases greater than two millimeters were at increased risk of recurrence despite adjuvant radiotherapy. As such, adjuvant radiotherapy of 50 gray alone does not appear to be sufficient in that setting. And Groin's V3, um, a, a clinical trial testing the impact of chemoradiation in patients with greater than two millimeter nodal metastases has been designed, is CTEP approved, and will open in the near future. The importance of GOG270 or Groin's V2 is that it is a a global collaborative of research success in a rare gynecologic cancer. Vulvar cancer is a very challenging disease to study. Globally, there are only 44,000 new cases per year. And the patient population typically is that of a truly elderly patient population. Of note, Groin's V2 took 11 years to complete enrollment. However, enrollment accelerated once other institutions, most notably in North America, joined the research efforts. So this is truly an enrollment and trial completion that was a success with global teamwork. 
Thank you, Jamie. I'm going to discuss now the three abstracts pertaining to endometrial cancer. Um, each abstract um, serves to answer or address a very important clinical question. Uh, the first abstract I'm going to discuss addresses the question of whether sentinel lymph node biopsy can replace full lymphadenectomy for intermediate and high-risk endometrial cancers. The results of the CENTOR study, a prospective multi-center cohort study of sentinel lymph node biopsy with ICG, followed by a full lymphadenectomy in clinical stage one, grade two or three endometrial cancer was reported by Dr. Cusmano. Among the 26 patients with nodal metastases, 25 or 96% were accurately detected by sentinel lymph node biopsy suggesting that SLN could replace lymphadenectomy in the setting of high-grade endometrial cancer. Uh, this has been a long-awaited study, which truly answers the question of whether sentinel lymph node biopsy is sufficient in patients with high-risk endometrial cancer. And I think that um, this really does provide us with uh, the evidence to offer this, um, offer sentinel lymph node biopsy as a substitute for full lymphadenectomy in these patients. The second uh, abstract really addresses the question of whether we can predict which patients are at risk for low volume disease. Um, this abstract um, was presented by Dr. Underkoffler and was a retrospective review of 573 patients undergoing sentinel lymph node mapping um, in which the ITC or micromet rate was about 6%. What they found was that ITCs and micromets were associated with tumor grade, the presence of lymphovascular invasion, and the presence of myometrial invasion. There was no association noted with age or BMI, which leads us to have the question that while we can probably uh, retrospectively predict which patients are likely to have low-volume nodal disease, this is not uh, based on preoperative factors. And so at this time, we probably cannot predict which patients are at risk for micromets and ITCs preoperatively. The third abstract really addresses the question of what the clinical significance of low volume nodal disease is. This study was a case control retrospective study presented by Dr. Castellano of surgical stage one and two endometrial cancer patients in which all lymph nodes were re-reviewed by a gynecologic pathologist for the presence of ITCs. They found that the ITC rate was 8.3% and that ITCs were not associated with an increased risk of recurrence or with overall survival. Uh, important to note in this study is that the impact of adjuvant treatment, adjuvant treatment strategy was not assessed. So these three important abstracts lead us to ask uh, future questions of, do micromets and ITCs represent different clinical entities with differing prognostic impact? Should we be lumping them or splitting them as we answer these important questions? And then, how should low volume disease be incorporated into adjuvant treatment algorithms? And we don't have the answer to this question yet, and it may be that we need to take a lesson from the Grinds V studies to put together a prospective multi-center observational trial of the management of ITCs in order to answer these important questions. Um, so thank you very much for your attention um, and for uh, thank you very much to the authors of these important studies for their contributions to the field.
The information presented is that of the contributing faculty and presenters and does not necessarily represent the views of the Society of Gynecologic Oncology or any named company or organization providing financial support. Specific therapies discussed may not be approved and or specified for use as indicated by the faculty or presenters. If you like what you heard today, please let us know by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and hitting the follow button wherever you're listening. If you have suggestions for future SGO on-the-go podcasts, please email us at education at sgo.org.